Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It's officially that time of year, folks. Time for us to run back one of our favorite segments here on the Cracked Interviews Podcast. We have officially reached the NCAA Sweet 16. As such, we are officially ready to unveil our Cracked Racket Sweet 16 press row, where I will attempt to speak with one representative from Every remaining Division One team still alive in that NCAA team event. Now, in the past, we've tried to speak with head coaches exclusively. I wanted to mix things up. We've been so fortunate to speak with so many of these head coaches, not just in the past, but in this 2023 season in particular, that, again, I wanted to hear a different perspective on where each of these teams currently sit entering this Sweet 16 weekend. As such, yes, you'll hear from some head coaches, but you'll also hear from some assistant coaches. You'll hear from some players over the next few days on this podcast. As again, I try to prepare all of us college tennis fans for the start of the NCAA Sweet 16. Before we get to today's episode, have to give a massive shout out to the support we get from our friends at Turner, who not only support this podcast, they support each and every week's episode of The Deciding Point and support tennis players everywhere by providing, simply put, the best grip available on the market. There's a reason all of us as tennis fans can identify a Turner grip on someone's racket. That iconic trademark blue color, it glistens on each and every tennis court. It's utilized, of course. It's also the best in the business, the most durable. It gets tackier as you sweat. And now they've got the latest iteration of their Turner grip as well as Turner has unveiled. Turner Tough, it's just a better version of that Turner grip all of us has come to love. You can, of course, find Turner Grips wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. And look, the next time you got to change your grip, know that Turner not only provides the best in the business, they support our podcasts here as well. So the least we can ask you to do is support them also. A massive shout out to our friends at Turner. Be sure to check out the latest iteration, the Turner Tough Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here is an episode from our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 press row. Joining us on the podcast for the first time today is another guest who somehow making his first appearance on the show. It's long overdue as he has been an instrumental part in all of the success we have seen over the past few years from the Ohio State men's tennis team. He's someone you know best as a three, and I'm an adventure soon to be four-time academic all-Big Ten selection, a man whose name appears not once, but twice in the top 25 of the ITA doubles range. Rankings, of course, a man you all know best as Ohio State men's tennis senior, Andrew Luchanik. Andrew, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Happy to be uh, here. 
I am doing well, better with your presence, of course, and obviously, let's just get right into it. I read a quote following your run, your team's run, to the Big Ten Tournament Championship from you, where you mentioned a speech your associate head coach, Justin Kronagy, gave to the group before the match, where it ta- you guys talked about the opportunity to do something that hasn't been done in a while for Ohio State. And, you know, that's not something you can say frequently because of all of the success that has come for Ohio State men's tennis over the past two decades under tie. And so, you know, for you guys to bring the Big Ten Tournament Championship back to Columbus, what did that mean to you in this group? Yeah, that meant that meant everything to us. To me personally, uh, I put that right up there with one of my, uh, I guess, favorite matches, most notable wins. Um, we hadn't won that tournament since 2019, which is my redshirt year. Um, Illinois and team up north got the best of us past past two years or so. But yeah, that's right up there with my all-time favorites. That was really special. You know, it's funny because I interviewed Maloney earlier today and he called you guys Ohio and you go with the team up north. And I'm like, God, I'm just home. I'm like, this is just where I belong. Um, You know, I want to get into the specifics of that match and more broadly You've had a front row seat to the best show in college tennis this season, which is you get to play next to James Trotter. Uh, Obviously, you guys are down 6-4 in that breaker at two, deciding set for the doubles. Talk me through what happens, the backhands, the forehands off his racket. Not saying you played poorly, by the way, on those points, because it was just gorgeous tennis, but talk to me about how you two have clicked and how it shined in that moment. Yeah, uh, James and I, he was my first doubles partner here at Ohio State when I think it was like maybe Big Ten individuals. My first year I played with him, and ever since we, we've clicked, I mean, yeah, I lived with him first year and have been really close with him ever since. So the off-court chemistry kind of ties into the on-court chemistry. And in terms of being down 6-4, I mean, he just says, let's go, I got you. And I know what that means, either a big forehand or a big backhand's coming. And I think the first one was a backhand, and then he followed it up with a massive serve, too. Yeah, he he carried that one for sure. I got to give him the credit on that one. But, yeah, that was very exciting. Mm-hmm. No, and obviously all year long, you guys have been really good in doubles. I know that's something that's been – that's always stressed uh, on your team uh, for you guys, you know, to take the doubles point in that match, to take the doubles point against in all three matches against that team up north, and to go three and zero against them, you know, again, what does that say about this group? What does that mean to this group? Yeah, that was very special, especially uh, after last year they got the best of us twice, um, which is not something we're used to, obviously, in recent history. But yeah, I mean, that match is everything to us. It's everything to them. So. In that match, actually all three, I guess, getting the doubles point is huge because, I mean, you know how it goes. The doubles point super high energy. When you get the doubles point, everyone's riding high, and you kind of got to – it sucks the life out of you when you don't get the point um, when you're in the five-minute huddle in between doubles and singles. But um, we knew that they were going to come in out strong in singles too, so it's not like we thought in any way at all that the match was over after that one point. But the doubles point is a huge difference. Tying pro have always – stressed it since I've been at school here like the doubles point will be the decider and they're right so mm-hmm. it means the reason I keep stressing this match not only because it's really fun tennis but there's also just a degree of trash talk now 
between these two teams. And it definitely helps that you guys have beaten each other, that these two groups have been around one another for more than two seasons now. And yet, I, you know, yes, there's trash talk. I think it comes with a degree of respect. Like, I see the handshakes all of you guys offer after every match. Is it fun? Like, talk to me about that atmosphere. Talk to me about that. Because I feel like it's full circle. Like, you guys are firing full. full it's full on. Yeah, I mean, we know that we're going to get their best and we hope that they know they're going to get our best. And obviously, you know, that the trash talk is just part of the game. It's not personal or anything. It's in the moment stuff. Half the time you don't even really remember what was said and when it was yeah. said, but yeah, it just adds another element to the game. And with that kind of rivalry, it carries around all sports, including tennis. So we have pride in our school. They have pride in their school. They're a really good team. And that's, you know what you're going to get when you're playing and we're going to get their best every time. So the trash talks just, part of the game. I don't think anybody takes it personally now. I know I don't. But Yeah. Well, the reason I bring that up is talking about your group more broadly, not just those matches against again the team up north, but throughout the course of this season and it helps that guys, you know, you, Cannon, Justin, Trotter, Cash, like you guys have just been around each other forever and even Tracy now is in his third year as well. I feel like this group gets after it in ways that like maybe prior Buckeyes teams didn't. Has that been a point of emphasis this season? Am I on to something? Yeah, and like you said, we've got a bunch of older guys this year. I think uh, I think we've had like total of like 25 years of experience just in our doubles lineup, something like that. I know Ty always stresses how important it is to play with older guys, and obviously we've got two stud freshmen in Jack and Bernie too who have you know bought into the culture and all, but – yeah, I mean, everyone takes the rivalry really seriously. And when you're older, you have more experience with it, so you understand what comes with it more and more. So, yeah, with this group, we know we have something special going. So, especially with James, we want to send James out the right way because that's why he came back. He came back to win a team title. So that's what we're going for. But not even just that rivalry match. Like It just feels like in every match you guys are playing this season, there is just – that commitment to being a little louder and, you know, showing a little bit more emotion on court. Not that you guys weren't emotive in the past, but it just feels like there is just an added fire to this group. And, you know, I'm curious, what's it been like to navigate this season when you have all these veterans? Because everyone knows no one works harder than Ohio State all season long. But again, you have guys who have been through it three, four years now. What's the pace been like for this group this year? Yeah, I mean, well, pace in terms of what? You mean? Just in general, all all the above. Just, you know, again, how you guys have been practicing and just coming together. Like, it just feels like as good as you guys have been all year, maybe more so than any season, it feels like you definitely haven't peaked yet. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, like you said, we've been together for so long. So obviously, the more time you spend with people, the closer you get with them. And, you know, the van rides, the hotels, the the travel, the all the practice at home, getting together off court, you know, it all combines together. So when you go to war, you know, I mean, all bets are off. Everyone's got each other's backs. It makes it much easier. I don't want to say comforting, but it kind of is comforting in a sense. Like, you know, I can look over at whoever, Robert, and say, let's go. He'll look back and point at me. Yeah, it's, it's how it is. I mean, it's demanded from the coaches too. So it starts with them. It's definitely demanded from the coaches. And if they don't, like what they see energy wise and they'll definitely let us know. And we obviously don't want to go down that road. So what's it been like incorporating the freshman? I know Jack was around last year, but 
what have you, I mean, again, you have a unique perspective. You've been around, you've seen a lot of freshmen come in. What in particular have allowed those two to step into the lineup this season? And obviously you look at what Jack has done, 14 and two overall. I'm calling him Bernie. I don't know him, but that's really good. I'm Steph, that's just good stuff. So Bernie, 15 and two, and I think he's won his last 10. You know, what is it about those two that make them special? Yeah, I mean, they were stud juniors we knew what we were going to get with them great tennis players but like you said like we keep stressing you know we've got about a lot of older guys so it's really important for them to buy into the culture which they have done buy into the culture buy into the coaching you know and hold down those last two spots i mean like we always say you win championships in the back too so mm-hmm. they're holding it down for sure and we got robert cash in the back door as well whenever we need him so you redshirted. What's the benefit of the redshirt? Uh, like for a guy like Jack who redshirts last season, again, to have success so immediately. I know he was a stud tennis player and you feel like that success probably comes without the redshirt. But what did you gain from that experience? Me personally? Well, other I than guess, getting your knees healthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was obviously a little different than Jack. I wasn't yeah. nearly the player he was. But for me, uh, you basically I mean, you get everything except for the competition part. So, you know what the practices are like, you know what the weekly schedules are like, you know what everything is like. So then when it comes time to compete, you obviously you don't have a year of experience on the court, but you have a year of experience in everything else. You know how college tennis works. It's obviously not the same as the pros. It's 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 louder. It's the dynamics different, you know. So the redshirt year gets you a little taste of that. And so you know what you're getting into more when it's time to compete. And I think that definitely helped Jack. I'm sure Jack would agree that it helped him a lot just to be able to come for that season before and get a lot of good practice too. You know, you got all the resources at Ohio State. We've got everything we need right at our fingertips. So yeah, it helps a lot. Obviously, like I said, it was a little different for me since I wouldn't have been in the lineup anyway. But yeah, you get you get everything except for the competition. So it's it's you're a freshman when you when you get in, even though you're the in the second year, redshirt freshman, but you've got the experience, which is everything in college tennis. See, I feel like I remember watching a moseying Andrew Luchanik around the court as a freshman. That guy plays rock solid six. Like you versus Tubert, I'd watch that match. Come on now. Uh, That's the good stuff. I mean, there's nothing I enjoy. One of my favorite moments in Cracked Interviews podcast history, I'm going through the roster with Ty and he goes, you didn't say Andrew Luchanik, and he gives me five minutes on Luchanik. I was like, God, Ty. I was like, God, I love Ty. Um, but, you know, and I want to get back to you personally, of course, in a little bit. But um, I, I am curious. Part of the reason I wanted to ask players and not coaches onto this podcast is to hear your perspective on watching your teammates compete. And I'm always curious how your perceptions would compare to mine. Cannon's a guy I just want in my corner. Like, I have no doubt that win or lose, I'm getting the best out of Cannon Kingsley on any given day. And I'm just curious what it's been like for you, you know, if you perceive it that same way, what you view as his biggest strengths and just, again, what it's been like to have that, you know, how you feel about his tennis and have him as a teammate. Yeah, 100%. You know, Cannon's going to fight like it's his last match, no matter what. I mean, he's a guy who loves tennis. He doesn't, he takes practice just as seriously as the matches. He, he lives for it. He loves Ohio State. Um, He's loud too. He's loud on the court, but he like, he's good at composing himself. You know, he doesn't get like too high or too low. Um, tennis wise, I mean, you know, he's top player in the country. You, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get 
unbelievable ground strokes, some fire, a huge serve. He also has a good eye for, you know, he can see when people are down and stuff. He knows who to call out, say, let's go, get him going. Not in an aggressive way, more just like as a, you know, as an, as an older guy, he knows that the sidelines are just as important. So, yeah, Cannon's definitely a guy I've been happy to have on our team, for sure, on and off the court. He's good with camaraderie, too. He's always getting the freshmen involved or the younger guys involved. And when it comes time to play on the court, he fights like a dog every time. James Trotter's 26-0. and 0. Obviously, it helps to have a lineup where, like you guys do where you have the luxury of playing him at a 4 and a 5 where, again, his level is just it's too good for it. But what have you seen this year? What clicked so well for James in this final season? Yeah, I mean, he... I mean, he's like, what, 26 and 0 now or something it's like that? It's crazy. Yeah, 26 and 0. Like, again, I think his college career should be extended until his next loss, just on principle. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, James came back with, he even says this, it's his one goal is to, you know, win a team title. That, that's what he wants for himself. He wants it for us. He's a selfless guy, too. He's always, you know, thinking of other people. Um, when he's on the court, I mean, you know, you're going to get huge forehand, big serve on clutch points. But in terms of when he's playing too, with that massive serve, when, once he gets a break, he can, you know, I don't want to say loosen up on return games, but he can he can go for some things that he might not go for if he's on serve or if he didn't have as big of a serve as he has. And whatever he's been going for has been working. So his backhand's gotten two times better over the past 10, 12 months. He's matured. Yeah, he's he's been – we go as far as he'll take us for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, he's been awesome. And then, obviously, a guy like Justin, he's always had that firepower. I don't know. He, it's not like he's reined it in. Like, he's still gunslinging out there. Well, all I mean, across the board, when you put together a season like you guys had this year, 31-2 and two overall, obviously the numbers are going to be big. But since we're just running through them all, same deal. Justin, this season, it just – it seems to have clicked in a way or even more so than it has in the past. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he seems to have bought into, you know, the whole college tennis thing as a whole. I think he's gotten, I think he's gotten louder each year too. He, he, he pumps it up. He's more composed. I guess that's a guy who loves tennis more than almost anybody I've ever met. He's always doing extra. He comes early to stretch. He stays after to serve. Um, yeah, he's been he's been really good up top too. It's not easy to play at the top. I mean, you're you're playing ATP level tennis up top, and he's been getting it done. So, gotta give it to him there. Yeah, and look, I mean, more broadly, the, in other seasons, you look at a team like yours, and you're like, yeah, that's the unequivocal national championship contender. As we all know, in 2023, there are 15, 16 teams left. Yeah, you can say that about. Yeah. Um, one of the things, obviously, when you have a group as talented as you do, is there has to be sacrifice. And, you know, you'll be too kind and you're going to defer to others, but you belong on this list. Anyone who watched you play at the end of last season, singles or doubles, knows you can contribute to a lineup. You know, you look at Robbie's record, he's 17 and 1 in dual match play this season, and there's a world where he's not going to be playing singles in some singles matches, uh, in some dual matches moving forward. Talk to me about the sacrifice of this group and again how do you get everyone to buy in to say hey like f where you're in in the lineup let's just go win yeah um that definitely starts with the coaches too ty crow and and torp i mean we, we all want the same goal for everybody we, we want to win the team title like the 
the rankings and the individuals is very much lower than the team title in our eyes personally. And it starts with the coaches. It's like, you know that Robert has to stay ready because he can get the ball at any point. For example, Big Ten Championship, he got the ball and I think he was first one off the court um, with a strong win down at six. Um, the thing with Ohio State is that, or a lot of these teams too, I'm sure is you're deep, but you obviously can only start six people. So when it's your time, when you get the ball, like you, you really got to show up. You got to go for it all, balls to the walls, you know. And Jack and Bernie have been winning. Yeah, and uh, Robert had a little hiccup at South Carolina, but that's his only loss in the entire year. I think he's like 15 or 16 and one or something. Um, so he knows he has to stay ready because he knows that he's he's proven he can beat any of these teams. And Jack and Bernie have done the same. So, I mean, we, we don't know who's – it's a matchup game. You don't know who's going to get the ball until pretty, pretty shortly before the match. So everyone has to stay ready. And if somebody's – I mean, nobody sulks on a team. Nobody – if they were, then – it would be dealt with accordingly, but nobody really sulks. Ty, Ty and Crow wouldn't allow that. The captains wouldn't allow that. Robert would never allow that for himself either. Um, but yeah, we know whoever's going to get the ball is going to go for it. So, yeah. No, I mean, again, it speaks to the fact everyone has been ready. The record speaks for itself. Obviously, coming up this weekend, you guys have the Sweet 16 against Arizona. I don't know how much you know about that team, but talk to me about that matchup, what you guys have been doing to prepare and what you're looking forward to in the battle. Yeah, I, I know they're really good. I think I saw something yesterday or two days ago that they were undefeated at home, which is pretty impressive. Um, I know they're really strong up top. They, they rely on their guys up top really heavily, and they've got options down low. Um, in terms of what we're doing, we same stuff. We, we practice twice a day with – uh, you know, a lunch in between recovery afterwards, maybe a light lift on some days, but um, we will probably start focusing more on the specifics each matchup, probably starting tomorrow. Um, we, we talked today about, you know, who they have and where they're strong at and where we need points at, you know, which obviously I'm not going <laughs> to, but um, yeah, not, not much really changes in terms of the overall practice regime. It's like, You've been, we've been doing the same stuff all year and it, for the most part it's been working. So you don't really want to just change everything because it's NCAAs. The only benefit is that obviously we don't have school right now. So we have all the time in the world that there's no excuse to not have your body right. There's no excuse to not get enough sleep and be ready for practice, this and that. So yeah, you got to make the most of it because yeah. we've only got what, three, four days. It's a quick turnaround. It seems yeah. like a long, I mean, it is a long tournament still but each match is pretty quick turnaround Mm -hmm. no and i am curious because and i know i want to say 2021 you guys hosted uh maybe you went on the road for a super regional i know wake yeah you Uh, went to wake that's what i said no wake was the year before where you beat them in the round of 32 and then went to orlando that's what i was gonna say you've been on the road for a regional is what i'm trying to say more broadly obviously you get to host the super regional now you've played a sweet 16 in orlando in 2021 do you like the Super Regional? Like, as a player, would you prefer the final site? I'm sure it's always nice to get an extra home match, but I'm I'm always curious what the, you know what the actual players playing these matches view view it as. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously for me personally, I love playing at home. You love playing at Ohio State. We get tons of people at our matches, but in terms of the preparation or the week before, I, I like being at home because we get the 
the training room's right there. Our trainers are right there. Our trainers have been the MVP of the season, by the way. Yeah. Um, we get the fans. We get our own courts. You know, I like the fact that it's final eight at the last site because I mean it's much it's smaller. You know, like it's more of a reward, I guess, to get there. Sixteen is a lot. I'd prefer the eight. I don't know if I'd be saying the same thing if I had to go on the road to a team like Arizona, but. Yeah. But even then, we talked about the energy earlier. I feel like those on the road, like you remember that at Wake Forest match, right? I want to say Selig clinched it, if my memory serves me correctly. Like I feel like those are the memorable things as opposed to maybe less so final sight moments. Yeah, I mean, when you get a win on the road, too, going into the final sight, it's yeah. it means a lot, obviously, to play on somebody else's course and take them out. So riding in with that confidence is huge. Um but yeah, that was a that was a stressful few days. I remember because that was the year where we all pretty much only had Big Ten matches. We didn't get a whole lot of opportunity to um, get ranked wins because we did not make indoors either. So we were ranked really low. Um, and getting to the final side is obviously the, the the goal. You're not really thinking about the title right now. You're not thinking about the semis like we're only you're only focused on the next match otherwise it'll slip out right in front of you but yeah winning on the road is the hardest thing to do in this game it's the hardest thing to do in sports in my opinion but you know everyone always preaches protect home court so if you get a win on the road going into the final site then it's huge and it was huge for us that year at wake forest so yeah no absolutely and you know all that said just some broader questions before i let you go here down the home stretch You've been a part of this program since 2018-19. You mentioned it, two practices, lunch in between, recovery, the daily rigor, the daily routine of being an Ohio State men's tennis player. For the, It's for the large part defined your life the past five years. Are you ready to close that chapter? Like, are you going to miss the structure of it all? What's your reflections from everything you've seen, you know, again, five years later? Actually, I don't know if you know this, but... I've got one more year. Re- breaking news? I've got one more year. Yeah, I read it and I got the COVID year. So I'm not. Oh, not- yeah, you got the COVID year. That's so true. I got one more year. I'm not going anywhere. Obviously, I'm focused on this year, but no, I got I to gotta get surgery on my shoulder at the end of May, right after season's over. And then once I recover from that, I'm right back at it. That's what I like to hear. That's the news we were hoping to, you know, again, it's so hard nowadays to keep track. Who's got one more, who doesn't. Um, But no, that that's great to hear. And then I guess more broadly, what does that structure do to your day-to-day life? Because obviously outside of that, shout out to you, you've been academic all big 10 as well. How does the rigor of the daily athlete life force you to structure things off the court? Yeah. I think every other athlete can agree. It teaches more than anything, just time management. I mean, you've got, practice to worry about then you got to make sure you're eating right and getting enough sleep but more important most importantly you've got school so you really have to make a you know i don't really make daily schedules it's more like weekly schedules because you know certain things can come up throughout given days that can mess with a daily schedule but yeah time management more than anything it's taught me that you don't really have time to mess around the way some of these other regular students do because Everything is geared around making sure your body's right, making sure you're getting good grades, making sure you're performing at a high level. And we have a long season, too. I mean, we we started in the beginning of January and we're still going. I don't know many seasons that are 
there are other sports that have this long of a season. So it's easy to have like little bumps in the road, but that's when it matters the most. You got to make sure you get back on track. You can't really afford in this game to have bad stretches of three, four five days, especially, like I said, on a team like us, if, if you have bad stretches, there's always other options too, you know, so other people can fill in just as well. Yeah. I mean, let's not forget you and Tracy were competing for titles back in October as well. So it's like, that's really when the season started yeah. September and then you've got the summer training coming up. And so, yeah, it, it's a never ending cycle how difficult were those first few years, getting healthy, getting the knees straight, not being able to contribute on court maybe the way you wanted to? And, you know, what was that process like for you when thing, you know, especially last season when you finally got to play more and, you know, really felt like your game maybe caught up to where you thought it was or the results, I should say, caught up to where you thought your game was? Yeah. In, in the beginning, the first two, three and a half or, yeah, three years, I guess, it was really tough. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was on the bench for a long time. Uh, <laughs> I was I was putting in the work all the time. I was, I felt like I was doing the right things, but I just, I mean, proof is right there. I, I just wasn't quite there yet. There was always somebody ahead of me who could do the job better than I could. Um, but when I finally broke through around what March of last year or so and snuck in the devil's lineup, it was like, I always had a fear in the beginning. Like I can't leave Ohio state and, have not shown anything basically like I, at one point I honestly thought I was going to go somewhere else just a, a small school to make sure I can you know get matches and have something to show for all of this but thank goodness I didn't because this is definitely where I belong but um yeah breaking through that lineup was everything in doubles last year with Justin we we clicked right away um and once you get in like it's like it's hard to explain it's like Practices obviously still mean the same, but when you're not in, you're playing a practice set and let's say, I don't know, I'm playing whoever and I lose, it's like, that's it. Like, I'm not going to get the ball. I got to wait till next week and got to have a perfect week in order to get the ball. But when you're in, you know, you, you work on more things, you get a little bit more attention from the coaches and stuff. You learn more about developing and you also know more about, I mean, you can play as well as you want in practice. You got to be able to show that you can compete in the same way. So you really get a better gauge of where you're at when you're competing. So mm -hmm. that's how it was for me. Yeah, no, I mean, it helps have that serve, those weapons. You can find a place for them, certainly on the tennis court. And, you know, again, uh, with all these experience, I know you've been a team captain. You've been a leader uh, of this program for a while now. What was it like being mic'd up? Talk me through that experience. <laughs> that was so much fun. Yeah. I love um yeah uh we have a one of our guest media people uh emma johnson asked me if i would do it and my first response was uh, i i don't know if the big man would really love that <laughs> but he was all about it he was loving it he just said you better not let it affect your practice and <laughs> yeah that's how i am all the time i'm trying to be high energy all the other guys are like that too all just having fun like ty always says it's supposed to be the fun part of your day so I loved it. It was great. I uh, thought you were very good at it for what it's worth. Cause you're right. It was just like, Hey, I'm the same me, but I have a microphone today. So I'm not going <laughs> to swear, but if I'm in your face, like know that I have a microphone on. So yeah, Reese too that day. That was yeah. fun some games to get some more stuff brewing, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was so much fun. I've always wanted to do that. I never thought I'd get to do it, but it was good to watch. It was, yeah. yeah. You were well-suited for the role, again, for yeah. what it's worth. Yeah. Um, well, again, 
last three questions for you here. Throughout the course of this season, obviously, you guys have had a heck of a year, 31-2, and two, undefeated Big Ten play, Big Ten tournament champion, uh, champions. You know, have there been any surprises? Like, any anything that caught you off guard throughout the course of this year, whether it's pleasant, maybe otherwise, just throughout the course of 2023? Um, well, I, I can't say I – really expected to have somebody undefeated <laughs> sure. but I, I wouldn't really consider it a, a surprise mm-hmm. um no i really don't think so i mean I, we've always known that justin's had the game cannon's been doing it for three four years now mm-hmm. um jj's been jj since he's gotten to college i think he's lost like less than five times in dual matches james has been doing it for years obviously turned a corner this year um Robert, arguably the best doubles player in the country. He's been doing his thing since freshman year. Jack and Bernie, you know, we knew they were going to be able to give us some quality wins. I mean, they played really high level in the juniors. They bought into the the culture. They put in the time. Um, yeah, no, I don't really think so. Yeah. Maybe it's that Torp still has gotten a haircut. Who? Torp still haircutless. Like, you figure at some point. That's definitely not a surprise. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, say I thought me and JJ would come out of San Diego with the title, to be honest with you. I, I knew it was possible, but I think that's probably the, if I had to pick a surprise, I mean, I was like six, seven weeks fresh off of a knee surgery. We had never played together. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't consider really any big surprises. No, I mean we know what we've had. We've just been waiting to show it, and we're showing it now. Hopefully, we can keep doing it too going forward because now is when it matters the most. And I really think we've got some some good weapons this year that can take us far. But obviously, only focus on the next one right now. Yeah. No. Well, then, last two questions for you. And I know you've been very focused on all things Ohio State, but I'm always, I wanted to ask every representative we have from every team this question. Is there a team, coach, player outside of Ohio State from the college tennis world this year, men's or women's, that have particularly impressed you? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I mean, I got to say, if I had to pick, I got to say Texas, I think. Yeah, I mean they've been doing it for years too. They've got some older guys, but that's a that's a damn good team. That's a really good team. Um, you know, we we gave them our best and they got us once. Um, but I mean they've got Cleve, who if anybody is louder than Robert Cash, <laughs> I still would take Robert. But Cleve's up there. He's really loud. Elliot's doing his thing. Um, yeah, I got spanked by them actually at indoors. <laughs> That was a rough one. I got never got the best of me, but yeah, I think there's definitely something that a lot of younger guys can learn from that team, Texas for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know too many too many other teams very well, too many other coaches very well. Sure, maybe that's, I mean, this is really still kind of all new to me. I've only been at it for really at it for a year and a half in terms of being. A contributor so i don't really know too many other guys personally but yeah texas is definitely an admirable team if i had to say yeah no well in that spirit and obviously them tcu you guys 
Virginia's won 17 in a row and Kentucky just won the SEC tournament. All these different teams are really good. You think there's a clear-cut favorite for the title? And for the record, I've asked every coach this. And, uh, you know, again, you're not going to get in trouble no matter how you answer it, whether it's another team or straight up you can make the case for yourselves, as some have. Is there a clear-cut favorite for the title? I mean, I'd, I'd have to say no, honestly. I mean, this is a really deep year. There's a lot of teams that can get it done. Um, no, I really don't think there's a clear-cut favorite. Obviously, I'm taking the Bucks all the way, but <laughs> there there are a lot of teams that can can do some damage. I think you can, you can say the same too. A lot of other guys can say the same, but no, I really don't. I don't even know what's going to happen this week. Yeah, no, I think that's been half the fun of this year. Is like again, any other year, you look at a team that has cash sometimes at seven, and you're like, yeah, that team's winning a title, like. No yeah. duh, but this year there's eight teams like that. And yeah. so uh, it's going to be a really fun final weekend. And uh, obviously it's always fun to watch you and the Buckeyes compete. And, you know, we've gotten the chance to know one another over these past couple of years. And, yeah, your energy, it's what makes college tennis special. And, again, your commitment to, to the game, not quitting when – every pathway would have been available for you too and staying determined, staying at Ohio State. That's the story that is what this game is all about. And so I'm really glad we got the chance to finally do this on the podcast. Hopefully they're listening. So to the Luchonic family, hello. I love them as well. They're far too kind to me and tolerant of my nonsense, but really appreciate you taking the time to chat, uh, chat and obviously good luck to you and the Buckeyes this, uh, this upcoming weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And I'll say it. OH. I.O. Yes, sir. Of course. Good luck, Andrew. Thank you. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hope all of you enjoyed this edition of our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 Press Row. A massive thank you to every player and coach who participated in this series. We're all excited for the home stretch of the 2023 NCAA season. Hopefully these episodes help all of you feel more prepared for the impending action. Speaking of which, if you need to catch up on anything that's happened in this NCAA tournament, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, we'll have episodes of The Deciding Point recapping everything that happened to date. Of course, we'll also have coverage of the Sweet 16 Friday, Saturday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We'll have coverage of the quarterfinals of the D1 event. We're also going to start to work in some D2, D3 coverage as well. So rest easy, college tennis fans. We have you covered with coverage of everything that'll happen down the stretch of this 2023 season. Of course, a shout out here at Crack Rackets to the man who makes all of that possible. Our super producer, Daniel Westoff, who has a f- of an editing job to do day in, day out. A shout out as well to our dear friends at Turna for their support. Turna Tough, best grip in the business. You can find it wherever you shop for your tennis supplies today. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turna, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.